Attention! Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's. Mm, damn it. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk, skim milk, medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about film and TV that has gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me. For some reason, because I just can't get rid of him, is David William Rogers, my co-host. Hello to you, my good friend. Boom, boom, boom. Hello, <laughs> Paris. <laughs> I just logged on, and it's good to be with you today, as yes. usual. New yes. York 154, good to see you, <laughs> and why. It is me, Shop Girl. Shop um, girl. David, we are doing an episode tonight, so Ooh. I am told. It is an episode of a rom-com i believe they call them in the technical sense david uh what what film are we doing this evening the film we are doing is you've got mail 1998 directed and written by nora efron and there's another writing credits with uh delia efron it stars tom hanks meg ryan greg kinnear steve zahn heather burns dave chappelle ton of different people um and yeah it's been a very long time since I've seen this. I was going to say, you've seen this movie before. Yeah, like vaguely, though, because I was mm -hmm. like, is this Sleepless in Seattle? Is this You've Got Mail? I was kind of mm -hmm. screwing them both up. Um, I was also too, same actually. Same director and writer, mm -hmm. same actors. Tommy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good. And I am... I think this will be a good conversation. I think so, too. Well, we have an amazing guest joining us tonight, and I can't wait to introduce you to her. But before we do that, of course, we must do the synopsis. And I don't know whose turn it is because I've lost the will to live and yes. the sense of time. Is it same, my turn same. or your turn? You know what? I'll do it. Go for it. Okay. But only if you do it in dial-up AOL 1990s voice. I, that... I, we were kind of poor growing up, so I didn't really have AOL mm. dial-up, instant okay. messenger and all that stuff. I'll, but I'll, to... I'll just go, doom, 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 you've got mail. Is about... <laughs> there we <All> go. <laughs> Good intro. Okay. So, um, you know, we come into this world. It's, it's set in New York City, and you got these two adults, uh, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, who are both in relationships and they're going about their lives. They both work in the book industry and they, they're online, right? They go on AOL online and they're messaging with this other person. We don't know who they are. It's kind of like a voiceover as they're sending these emails and they're talking back and forth and you can see the smiles on their face. Whoever they're talking to obviously invokes kind of like a happiness within them, even though they're with somebody else. And as we come along the story, um, we find out that Tom Hanks actually buys out or actually not buys out, but makes Meg Ryan's little bookstore got a business because he has a big like a uh, brand name bookstore, kind of like mm -hmm. Barnes and Nobles. Like a Barnes and Nobles, yeah. Exactly. And then as they kind of find out in the rom-com way, Tom Hanks finds out that who he's been talking to on AOL, kind of pen pal-ish things, um, is Meg Ryan. And he's kind of got to work up the courage to, do I want to continue this? I care about her a lot from all the conversations we've had over email. And uh, Meg Ryan has no idea. He kind of exposes himself um, at the end of the movie. And she was like, I was wishing, or I was hoping it was you. I was hoping it was you. And it's, it's a sweet, sweet movie and i love tom hanks meg I ryan love tom hanks i loved I, meg ryan yeah i hadn't really remembered a lot of the movies she's in but 
I what? just couldn't take my eyes off. I'm just saying, I didn't know, like, I vaguely remember, like, Sleepless Meg in Ryan. Seattle. In you vaguely rem- remember Meg yes, Ryan. Yes. I think that's an insult to the 90s and Meg's everywhere. Well, if you would let me finish, <laughs> I was going to say it was hard to take my eyes off her. I just watched a trailer as I was reading up on some stuff today and... It, she put a smile on my face when she's like punching around in the toy store when she's getting ready to go to war. Yeah. So I um, did text you guys this week and showed you physical evidence that I had a Meg Ryan haircut at one point. It was very much, you know, she was the person and it was like, you either got the Jennifer Aniston or the Meg Ryan, I swear to God. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting because I don't know if I could pull on that hairstyle and I don't think I would get it again, but I agree with you. She's, effervescent in this film and uh well let's let's talk to our guest so we have a lovely guest joining us today uh she's a friend of mine i feel really lucky to know her because she is a very successful writer and i am trying to be just like a mildly successful writer caroline levich hello and welcome to you hi hello thanks for having me yeah of course caro uh good to have you caroline is a writer producer uh, she has worked on One Day at a Time. She worked on The Bold Type. I did not know that you worked on The Goldbergs, but here I am on your IMDb page. Um, yeah. But most recently, you write on the Fox show, The Great North, which is an amazing animated show. Super hilarious. You are an inspo. It's great to have you here. And you are the reason that we watched this film and the reason that we are talking about um, this movie. So... And to that, I say, you're welcome, because (laughs) (laughs) it is a classic. I am, I'm offended right now that you would think that it's too much like Sleepless in Seattle. To me, they are, they're they're each iconic in their own way. Yeah, I got to go back and watch Sleepless in Seattle. I vaguely remember watching that movie. I have to admit that I was also confused, and I was waiting for him to pitch that they would meet on the top of the Empire State (laughs) Building, and then when they met in the park, I was like... I'm definitely no, absolutely not. Way. It's completely different. You're meeting I at a park. You're meeting yeah. at a building. Very I couldn't different. remember which one was first either. I knew it was the same two actors. I just didn't know which one came first. And I thought for a second before I started watching it, I was like, are these two connected as one a sequel to the other? Which mm. they're totally separate movies. They are. They're totally separate. So, yeah. Although there could be some kind of Matrix conspiracy theory where like, they yeah, are Yeah, Neil's connected. probably in both of these. Yeah. Caroline, when we talked too, it, it was a very... Um, yeah, this movie does kind of feel like the New York vibe. It's set in the fall. So I definitely got some of those vibes. Is that why you chose this. it, Caroline? Because this reminds you of this season that we're in? I wish I was that logical <laughs> about it. I think I just love this movie. And when you were like, what's an old movie? I, I thought of this movie because I have I've rewatched it so many times in my life. It reminds me of my mom. It's like a movie that mm-hmm. we would always watch together. Uh-huh. I think even just the like the dial-up tones and the you've got mail is like so nostalgic to me. So nostalgic. It's amazing. Well, before we dive too much into the movie, Caroline, tell us a little bit about how you got started as a writer for people that are interested. It's so great to have industry people on our podcast. And how has your journey led you to the great north at Fox? So I'm from Portland, Oregon. I moved to LA in 2010. It's like 11 years ago now, which is so crazy Mm -hmm. um, to go to college at LMU. I studied screenwriting at LMU. And when I was in film school, all of the classes were about writing films. And I always knew I wanted to write television. And so I would complain to the dean of screenwriting. I was like, I'm paying how much money to go here? My debt counter is going up and I'm getting no TV classes. 
And so one day they came to me and they're like, we have a teacher who's teaching one class. Um, she's a sitcom writer. She's teaching intro to sitcom. You've been bitching about this. You should take the class. <laughs> and I remember it was a Thursday night class from seven to 10, which was my Ooh. sorority event night. And I was like, okay, social life or career. I don't know. I ended up taking the class. That teacher became like a mentor to me. Her name is Gloria Calderon Kellett. I fell in love with her. And really luck luckily for me, I thought I wanted to be a TV writer and I did want to be a TV writer after I met one. Yay. Um, after school, she I also met my writing partner in that class, Michelle Badillo. After school, Gloria um, helped me get a job at the Goldbergs as a PA. So I was a PA for a year. And then for a year, I worked as Jeff Garland's assistant, who was an actor on the Goldbergs. He's also on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And That's then awesome. very he's, funny. He's guy. amazing. I love Jeff. Jeff, actually, I always, this is the best piece of advice anyone ever gave to me. Someone came up to me and was like, oh, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm an assistant. And Jeff was like, no, you are a writer. You're just currently working as an assistant, but you are a writer and know that. And it was like such a boost of confidence to give somebody. And I am forever grateful that he gave that to me. And so after working on the Goldbergs, Gloria called me and she was like, are you and Michelle still working together? I just got my own show on Netflix called One Day at a Time. And then she hired us as staff writers. So it was pretty amazing. She like taught That's me awesome. how to write and then she hired me to write. Yeah. I worked on One Day at a Time for three years. I worked on The Bold Type, which is a one hour dramedy on Freeform. And then I went to The Great North where I've been. I'm now on my third season. That's Congrats. right. Yeah, that's it's amazing. pretty big. But you know, you are now writing solo. I'm right? now writing solo. So uh, Michelle and I, Michelle left uh, the Great North. We are. I talk. I talk to her every single day. She's still my best friend. But it was just like an amicable divorce. It yeah. was. It was actually the hardest breakup I've ever had to go through <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, I love you so much, and I don't. I want you to be in my life every day. She was like, That's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we just wanted. You know. We just. We did everything we wanted to do together, and then we wanted different things. So now we That's just get to be okay. each other's biggest fans. Yeah. Totally fine. That's yeah. amazing. It's such a great story. I mean, I've heard it a few times, but I think it's important for people to hear it because, you know, you have to keep chugging along and fighting for the things that you want. And listen, you gave up sorority night. That's a I, big deal. Come on. It's a big deal, but it was, it was worth it, right? Yeah. It was absolutely worth it. Future Caroline thanks yeah. <laughs> younger it's caroline's decision to it's do that. okay i'm sure there were other fun events but it's it's okay but no that's great and so now here we are discussing this film which i want to jump right into saying that this movie feels very 90s agree or disagree i absolutely agree yeah, I, I concur. The early 2000s and the 90s kind of bleed in together. We've done like What Women Want, which was kind of early. Well, I think that was like 2000s. But like there were certainly things that were changing at the time. Like the fact that email was such a big deal. So Greg, mm. Greg Kinnear's character has this great line where they're kind of discussing it. It's like in the first few minutes of the film and he's like, it's the end of Western civilization or something. Like imagine mm -hmm. someone saying that about the I internet now. I yeah. use the internet 17,000 well. times a day. Is it, is, the it? is it the end? I also, by the way, this whole movie couldn't happen today. Like there's no. absolutely no way to have a pen pal that you're just like, I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. Well, also chat rooms. Like I couldn't tell you, I guess Reddit is in some sense like an open faced hmm. chat room. Yeah. But like they meet in a chat room. Uh, some other things that were so nineties, <laughs> this is like kind of leads into like talking about New York, but all these people living in these amazing apartments mm -hmm. in New York 
like that's bullshit. I, yeah, Steve uh, said that he paid six hundred or four fifty for six bedrooms in. But the he's Bronx the only or Brooklyn. He's the, Brooklyn. He's in the Brooklyn, only one yeah. with a rent control. So you imagine like these other True. people. Are pay- but it just reminds me of Friends, how they like had these ridiculous apartments, and you're like, how much rent were you paying? Like what the <laughs> fuck. Um, another thing was AOL, of course. Like I don't know anyone who has an AOL Hotmail or e- sorry email address these days, but. It used to be the shit. Did you guys have AIM or ICM? For a little bit, yeah. When mm-hmm. I was like a senior in high school. Yeah. I had AIM. I had AOL. I still have my AOL account, but it's oh. my junk mail account. Mm. And I'll log on and it's like 54,000 emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Hotmail account, to be honest. But yeah, I just thought I, for a second, like rewatching this film, I was like, is this just an ad for AOL? I forgot. The Humpty Dumpty music I wrote down, which... Tell me if you guys know what I'm talking about. Like Greg Kinnear's character leaves. And then there's this very, like it was very 90s the way it was like, and then she, he like this door slams and she kind of does like a little jump. It's almost comical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. When she's uh, preparing to jump online, waiting for him Mm -hmm. to be gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he has the Humpty Dumpty music too, uh, Tom Tom Hanks's character, where it's like it's just very like it was just such a different composer style, or it was like very like upbeat and like blah 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 blah. This is how we're moving the story along <laughs> and showing that it's fun. I mean, the full PJs. I don't know anybody that wears them. Please admit to it. Those oh. those were super nineties. <laughs> I wear I full PJs. You like did. matching with prints and stuff? On I have them? matching set PJs. Okay. I wear them like every button, night. Like button up and like Absolutely. Like. I wear a I wear a pajama tuxedo to bed every night. I remember and getting those for Christmas every yeah. year. Like different ones. The, I gotta say, ones? I yeah. like made a decision to be like a matching set pajama person a couple years ago and I it really changed <laughs> my life. I was like, let's just see if it sticks. And I, I like get ready to go to bed every night. And I, I respect that. Bring them back, yeah. David, what do you wear to bed at night? Uh, I'll just wear like a pair of shorts and that's okay. it. Yeah, and I have this. Go, go free I, for all. I have a ratty pair of shorts that I think I got at H&M like 10 years ago and a really ratty California like tank top, which is just super loose. But now I'm like wondering if I should get like the full on pajama set. Like Caroline is making me like. Question. I'm going to send one to you. I, I oh know God. exactly the one that you should have. It's so soft. Okay. I think you're not too hot. No, oh no, they're like a short sleeve and shorts. Okay, because okay. I was gonna say she does. I mean, she does live in New York, which gets colder than here. Mm-hmm. But I was also thinking the same thing, David. Like that's a lot of clothes to wear to bed. Yeah. But also not super sexy, but she seems to be rocking it. So whatever. Meg can rock. Leave anything. something to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is another totally '90s thing. Posey Parker, the actress. I fucking love her yeah. character in this. Uh, She's Breakfast so Club, f- right? Yep, but also like loads of things, like Legally Blonde. I was thinking to myself, Posey Parker has never played like a lead role where she's the sexy one. She's always like the super stressed out, actually, Legally Blonde, Summer Parker. Oh, Posey Parker, I I have it wrong. But yeah, so that was really 90s. There's like certain actors in this where you're like, that is so 90s. I agree. I was like, when I saw her, I was like, I miss you. Yeah, <laughs> the cranky brunette. Like she did awesome in this. One. Yeah, this is, this might be a little '90s, early 2000s. But did you guys recognize the cashier whose name is Rose? She was a doctor in Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Sarah Ramirez. Oh, oh no! Oh yes, that's not, that's not who I was thinking of. But yes, that's Rose. She was the cashier when uh, Meg Ryan only had a dollar. Yeah. Wasn't there another point at the end of the movie when Meg Ryan was talking about the shoes? And then the salesperson was like, can you spell that name? And yeah, he's an actor as well. He's, 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 uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. Oh, Christina. Christina. 
yeah. Christmas series. He was yeah. in like uh, the Mindy Project, and yeah, he was in the. Mind- I thought you guys Argo. were talking about Heather Burns, who has like kind of a, a longer part. Like when you said cashier, she was very '90s to me too. She plays like the young girl in the bookshop with with Meg Ryan. There were like certain faces that like you saw, and you're like, "This is a '90s movie." Just, I mean, the fact that it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, like, you yeah. could guess. <laughs> but uh, no, I I love it. I mean. The opening of this is like going into the World Wide Web. It kind of feels like Tron in the beginning and then mm-hmm. it becomes like a rom-com. But I think you're right, Caroline. This movie could never happen today. If someone was fucking messaging you now, you could immediately find out every single thing about them. You know? <laughs> Hire a and I do. investigator. <laughs> I do. Yeah. What when is his f- all well, I need is his first name and that's yeah. it. Do you think that the character of New York in this, in this movie plays a crucial role? I kind of think so. I think it's a little... M- more romantic than LA mm. would be or Chicago. Maybe Chicago's probably a little more closer to New York than LA is, but as far as big cities go, and I just feel you they have the seasons, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um so if the, if it's set in New York and it's uh fall or Christmas, it's going to mm-hmm. feel a little more romantic, a little more magical mm-hmm. than something set on the West Coast. Mhm. In, yeah. in those same time no frame. I agree I mean also like you could never have the scene where they're like accidentally walking past each other because nobody in LA walks <laughs> so you could have them driving past each other yeah, yeah. yeah I think and they're running into each other scooters. is very New York like that they just keep they're just on top of each other all the time mm-hmm. well let's talk about the big box store versus the small mom and pop shop that's a big theme in this film it's basically the engine that drives the conflict between our two main characters so we have Tom, uh, Tom, I keep wanting to call him Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks's character, who is Joe Fox. He's the heir to the Fox books throne. And then, yeah, you have the shop around the corner, which is run by Meg, Meg Ryan's character. And she's kind of optimistic in the beginning. She's like, it'll be like the flower district, you know, where you can go everywhere. But ultimately, like all these bookstores are clearly falling. And I think it is meant to be like a Barnes and Noble because it's got like a coffee shop inside they tried to shoot in a Barnes and noble and they denied they denied it so they shot it in a barney's and they uh they actually made this so realistic that people when they walked by they were asking when it was going to (laughs) open i mean i love Barnes and noble i i mean i love books i love bookstores i i have had two kindles and i lost the first one and i don't yeah i guess i lost both of them but i like a physical book so there are a couple of like independent small bookstores in LA, which I definitely, definitely patronize. Yeah, I go to book mm. soup is one up on sunset. What do you guys think? Like, do you purposely try to go shop at small stores or how do you guys live your lives? Well, I'm humiliated to say that I'm sort of an audiobook girl. Oh. I like listen to my books, but I also think that is because I live in LA. So mm. I love if I have like a long car ride, I'll just listen to a book. I haven't, read a physical copy of a book in years oh boy that's really embarrassing <laughs> i also i also am a big fan of audiobooks for those longer drives um and podcasts things of that nature but i do when i do get on a reading kick i'll be on that for a while and i'll just yeah. keep picking up books um my thing is and i hate to say this but if we're chopping a bunch of trees down to make a make a book when you can have all these digital virgins mm. <laughs> virgins digital <laughs> virgins. and digital virgins <laughs> yeah. gotta love them they're just holding out <laughs> oh, no, yeah um on your kindle app right on your phone and i hate to say it like it's 
a lot of these stores are probably suffering the smaller ones because of that but yeah. it's like okay uh we're doing this whole thing with climate change now that's probably part of that footprint that we could get yeah. away from you're right keeping some of these trees alive or using hemp if they started using hemp for to make these books instead um that yeah. might be a good alternative for the people that love to have that the feel it's of just a book so magical to go into a bookstore i am so guilty of this uh my partner is also from oregon so i go up you know once or twice a year and there's a secondhand bookstore up there called pals which is very famous it's massive i will every single time i go to oregon i will go to portland and i will spend hours in this place just browsing like literally picking up books, judging them by the cover, reading the back page, reading a couple pages. Like, so I love the, I love Meg Ryan's store in this Kathleen mm -hmm. Kelly. But then I also like see the value in like a Barnes and Noble, you know, like there are a lot of bookstores that, that are small and it's like, Oh, we can order it in. Or would you rather go to, like a like there's a Barnes and Nobles in the Grove, which is great. I yeah. love going there. You know, get are a coffee. Those gonna, are those going to stick around though? Because of Amazon. I know that's what watching this movie. I was like, it's really funny to, you know, they're talking about this huge, book corporation that was taking out yeah. her little store and now those huge book corporations are Getting being taken, taken out, out by, by Amazon. Yeah, that's an interesting part. If you don't have the benefit of Amazon is not paying for brick and mortar, right? Not paying that rent. Amazon actually tried to, oh, sorry, I got that back to front. Barnes Noble tried to sue Amazon in like 1997 for, you know, trying to be like the, the book, whatever, whatever. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because, yeah, I like mean, you can- yeah, I mean, you can order a bond, you can order books online at Barnes and Noble, but Amazon is going to be here in two days. Yeah, or in five minutes. I have a friend at work who keeps trying to get me to get into the LA Library system because apparently Ooh. you can get like free audiobooks, free Kindles, mm. tons of free books, and support the library i guess but you're not paying for it so i don't know how i'm supporting it <laughs> but she <laughs> i swear she texts me like once a week and is like hey just a reminder you should be getting your audiobooks from the library <laughs> libraries that's, are great that's good my older brother does that and uh he tried to tell me that a few times and i'm like yeah whatever man i yeah. actually i live pretty for, close to a Audible. library i used to go to the library a lot in canada when i lived in toronto for some reason probably because i used to walk past a library i feel like it seems weird to drive to a library i don't know that's just my fucking mental problem yeah, I, I think you that. can do it online right yeah you, you can do it up, yeah. You, oh yeah, yeah you I think can it's, get mm -hmm. audiobooks and probably digital versions uh not virgins at the library but <laughs> you might be you know able to you guys are making there. me feel like i need to get into audiobooks uh I've they're fantastic into, especially yeah. the way they're going with having the author yes um, mm. either narrate the whole thing like uh green green light with uh, Matthew McConaughey, or um, I, I read another read another one. Listen to another one where <laughs> I, the narrator, I read it with my ears. <laughs> yes, the narrator would stop after every chapter and bring the author in, and they do kind of like a little podcast, kind of back and forth, Ooh. and they'd ask questions, and then he'd narrate the next chapter. So, it's it's pretty interesting what they're doing with some of them. That is interesting. Mm. Do you think we're into audiobooks now as adults because our parents like read to us as a child, and it's like very soothing? That's just, a very interesting theory. Maybe we're lazy. And our attention span isn't I, there, I so think it's my attention span. Yeah, on. I need yeah. to be walking or I need to be driving or I'm with the dog and I'm listening to an audiobook because I have to be doing 27 things at once and doing <laughs> all of them like poorly. <laughs> yes. I am the type of person that will not read a book for like a few weeks. And I just had a birthday and I got a bunch of books as presents. And then, like, I'll start reading a book at 5 p.m. And then at 5 a.m., I'll be like, I finished this book, like, and I did not sleep. Like, I'm obsessive. I think it comes back to 
when we were all into Harry Potter, you know, and you just like can't put it down. Uh, so books are actually quite dangerous for me. I need yeah, to like space them I'm the them same out. way when I find a good one, especially mm. if there's like a trilogy. Mm. It'll be four in the morning and I'll finish it and I'll be like, where's the next one? One more chapter, one Let more chapter. Let me download, yeah. 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 It's good. It's good to read or like listen to books. Like it's good to use a different part of your brain, I think. But yeah, in this movie, Tom Hanks, Joe Fox comes for Kathleen Kelly's bookstore and they think they can survive. But spoiler alert, she gets shut down, which leads me to the next kind of thing that I wanted to talk about, which is emotional cheating slash manipulation. So do you guys think that they were cheating on their partners by sharing by trading email. Like, do you think there was like something weird about their relationship at the beginning when they're emailing each other? I do. I would rather have somebody physically cheat on me Ooh. than emotionally cheat on mm. me. I mean, the relationship for me would be over regardless, but it would hurt more knowing that somebody was having these emotional connections with somebody than just a f- one physical time with them. That's a big call, David. That's a big David Rogers call. I'm a, I'm a bald biracial man just out here <laughs> doing my thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. I, I think anything because they were hiding it from their partners at the beginning. Right. You can tell that they were waiting for their partners to leave and then they would log on. Anything that you have to hide is shameful. You know, it's wrong. So I absolutely mm-hmm. think that they were emotionally cheating on their partners. Mm-hmm. I do, too. And I, I think you're right. Like if they had just been like, oh, I got an email from this guy I was chatting with. That's different. But like they're both waiting for their partners to leave and then they both kind of start to fall in love and it's very romanticized in this film let's be real it's like oh the mcgrine's character says to the girl that she's working with like is it cheating if you haven't had sex and she's like well have you had cyber sex and like i think this is such a 90s conversation where these like lines were so blurry because it was a new technology right yeah now we'd be like what the fuck yes you know if someone was on tinder while they had a boyfriend you'd be like ah yeah. oh, that's or fucked DM, up dm and somebody on instagram yeah. You guys having these long conversations. Yeah, you may never met, but yeah. it's still you're giving that attention. Emotional that, cheating those emotions is, to somebody, yeah. is cheating for sure, yeah. uh, even if nothing physical has happened. But then also it kind of the, the movie takes kind of a weird turn. So essentially they set up a place to meet <laughs> and Tom and Dave, Dave Chappelle, who this is a conversation for later, but is canceled as of recently. Um, David would disagree, disagree. (laughs) but they go to the restaurant and he's like, I can't look, I can't look like, is she a dog? Which I was like, Oh, Tom, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not saying that. Yeah. But he goes, he figures out it's her. And then he basically spends like the last third of the movie. Like, like I want to say manipulating. Cause even though I do like this film, uh, rewatching it, I was like, Ooh, like he's, totally gaslighting her right (laughs) right okay i'm not crazy no i felt the same because i was like you know what i feel bad for you guys because i'm gonna make you watch a movie and it is it holds up it's amazing i love it so much (laughs) and then as i was rewatching it i was like "Ooh, this hits different he's lying to her that's why this podcast is so interesting because it's like that carton of milk in the back of the fridge that you think is probably fine. And then you smell it and it's gone off over time. Like that's the whole point of this podcast. Like I agree with you, Caroline. I remember this movie as being so romantic and so charming. And then I was like, he's literally manipulating her. He's like dropping little breadcrumbs. But is it okay. So is it (laughs) okay. So manipulation. Yes. But is it romantic? And is it from a good place in his heart that he's trying to show her like, Hey, I'm not this asshole. 
this is really me who you've been talking to. I'm going to see if she likes me for me. I'm going to keep asking her to meet me places, to say hi, to get her to know me a little bit, even though I'm the villain right now. Um, I think it's a power imbalance. Anytime there's Mm -hmm. like a mistrust or like a dishonesty on one person's behalf, that like invalidates... the romantic like i know I what you see s- that but it works out here because she said totally. i was hoping it was you I, and so i know what you're saying to say like i see me as this person instead but he's he's giving her advice and then in his real person like when he's with her he's like validating it and then he's like using things that he knows about her from like yeah. email exchanges like like about pride and prejudice part and stuff yeah. too yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's it does come across a little manipulative i think yeah. right caroline i'm not I'm i not think so that. i think that it's keeping her in the dark on things that don't He's just trying to serve himself. I think what's like sexy Bill, is honesty, and he needs to be honest and like show Bill all his Murray cards. Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. <laughs> right. But also, she doesn't have the option to know either way. Like, she thinks she's still... And then he blows her off. And, like, yeah, he should have just walked into that restaurant and been like, well, this is fucked up. But, like, obviously, there's something yeah. here. Let's talk. Yes. So but you in, two would have done that? I would I have mean, done that? If you two were Tom Hanks' position, if you guys were Joe Fox, you put somebody's out of business and you Listen, really let's care. Not, <laughs> let's not call me a better person than I am. I'm I not, can I'm judge someone and up. say would, I wouldn't. Would you, be able to, would you be able to do that in this situation? Thinking that you care about this person. Would I be friends with Dave there. Chappelle? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, knowing me, I would walk in and be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. <gasps> this is, you're never going to believe it. It's me. I can't believe it. Holy cow. <laughs> let's get around on me and let's talk this out yeah or we would have like hate fucked or something you know and been like wow i hate you and then never speak again (laughs) but instead he dangles her and like i don't know the timeline exactly but it feels like months right like it feels like a long time like that they've been talking yeah yes so he's literally laying the groundwork breaks up with his girlfriend his her partner Wow, so convenient. Falls in love with the TV talk show host. That she doesn't she... love him either, though. Okay, but he's insane. He is like, he's flirting with everyone we see. They have the weirdest relationship. Yeah, he's pretty much about himself. Yeah, I do love Greg Kinnear, though. First. I do yeah. fucking love Greg Kinnear. Yeah, he was great um, with this with this role. But no, I mean, he's totally manipulating her, in my humble opinion. Rewatching it, I was shook. I was like, oh my God, I do not remember this part at all being... <laughs> But then also, like, we all use, you know, technology and chatting with people online so much more than we did probably the first time we saw it. Whereas now we're, like, older and wiser, right? Like, yeah. But, yeah, so that was interesting. But, I mean, yes, let's talk about Greg Kinnear and some of the actors in this movie. He is such a delight, even though he's totally terrible as a character. I love him as an actor. And Steve Zahn. Like this movie just had every single stacked. person. Yes, it was that. Can I say can I say one thing? <laughs> Are we going back? <laughs> We're going just real fast. Okay, back to the digital so, virgins. No, the digital virgins <laughs> at the library. But okay, so Joe Fox, right? Tom Hanks, he comes from a very like kind of misogynistic family line and he broke out of that. So I just want to give him a little credit <laughs> what his grandpa did and what his dad does. And he he was saying, like, I actually like I actually found somebody that I want to spend. Yeah, I mean, he still puts his business out of business, you know, like (laughs) he never want like I would have liked a line like, hey, I want you to come work for me or like I'll put your books in my store. I mean, you know, he hired Steve. Yeah, he hired Steve. But, you know, you're right. Like he comes from a line like his grandfather has the the little girl that is is his aunt. She's like 10 or an eight. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then he's got like a brother that's like four or five. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, the misogyny yeah. in this, like they all end up, with, him and his dad end up on the boat and they're going through all the women he like fucking cheated on. And she, he's like, oh yeah, she was the nanny. Remember? He's like, oh wow, she was the nanny. And then he's, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend. He's like, would I like her? It's like, oh, this yeah. Guy's yeah. yeah. And the grandpa kept saying, oh, I think I had a date with her. Yeah. Like every time a woman was brought up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he should get bonus points because he wasn't that that bad. I'm I'm not saying see that sounds that. that but sounds if we judge bad. everyone based on like you know the worst yes. person, I'm just saying family. He was being, he was finding the better part of himself and putting that forward and feel you know going towards that instead of kind of being shallow and steamrolling everybody. Like he did feel some type of way about putting her out of business. I mean, he, he was emotionally cheating on Parker Posey, Posey Parker, the name. Yeah. But I keep yeah. So, yeah. I get it. He's not perfect. <laughs> He's I mean, not they perfect. Try, they try no. to make him seem perfect. He buys her flowers. He buys Nobody fish. in a rom-com is, right? That's true. That's what makes them interesting. Mm-hmm. But You got to be flawed. I mean, Tom Hanks, though, I must say, like watching him in this movie gave me a big smile on my face the whole mm-hmm. time. I love Tom Hanks, I think. I do, too. And I love Matt Ryan. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a stacked cost. We already said that. I mean, winning recipe. I was gonna say like not a whole lot of diversity, but they threw Dave in there, and Dave's the best friend, and he has lines. So yeah, what do I know? One black guy. That means I will say rewatching it. I was like, this is a very white movie, though. Yeah, it's a white movie. Yes. (laughs) Every time we watch a movie from the '90s or early 2000s, David and I are like, how did this get made? Like there are, and especially New York, which is such a diverse city. You know. and he had a good title, as far as I can tell. Dave Chappelle's role in the company. He, it's not like he was like some peon, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he was still just there to be a sounding board for He was Tom a Hanks. device. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, besides Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, everybody in this movie was. It's true. Yeah. Except for Greg Kinnear. He was. <laughs> Greg Kinnear yeah. had his own. And his typewriter. His own thing going His on. three typewriters. <laughs> Multiple yeah. typewriters. You hear that? the buzzing yeah no but i i do i think if you say tom hanks like you are instantly transported to a movie like this because this is like and it's funny like he was such a leading man and i rewatched it and i was like yeah i guess there's something sexy about him but he's not like a brad pitt you know where you're like that guy is hot he was just like charming Mm -hmm. and meg is like yes she's beautiful but she's not like you know, I think our, our uh, level of like what's attractive these days has changed. She was like the girl next door kind of look. Yeah, um, super. And she's very sweet. Her personality, mm-hmm. very like warm and inviting. Yeah, this does this does feel like a Nora Ephron film though? Like it sure does. Tom much. Hanks is like dad hot to me. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like I want him to be my dad. But I don't want to date him. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where Caroline reveals her deep, dark, yeah. <laughs> emotional <laughs> Oedipus. He's like, I, do I want to fuck Tom Hanks? <laughs> do I? Do I want to fuck my dad? You guys, I'm, I'm sort of just figuring it out in the moment. You know, yeah, let's yeah. just go hey, with it. Let's no work judgment. It but yeah, I mean, there's something about them too, like the chemistry. Obviously, like, otherwise they wouldn't have done multiple movies together. Yeah. You know, they Chemistry's clearly were like huge for movies like this. 
Yeah, and he's yeah he comes off as very likable. I mean, it seems like in real life he's also super nice. Um, him and his wife Rita, if I recall correctly, they were some of the first celebrities to get COVID. Is this true? I was true? just thinking that. Yes, mm-hmm. remember they were in Australia. In Australia, yeah. yeah, and that's why Australia locked down so hard because of what they because did to Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, Thanks, Hanks. We yeah. nuked Australia for giving him COVID and. Australia is a conspiracy. That's what I was it told. Is. That some people yeah. think that Australia is a conspiracy. Have you seen we, it with your eyes since? Yes, Carol. Well, since COVID, no. Truth. Yes, I yeah. have not. Yeah. I have seen Australia with my eyes, but I, not since COVID. But honestly, they like told it, you it, it, it could have been Australia. San Diego. I don't even yeah. know. They told me. They, <laughs> they told me it was Australia. Australia. They could have Truman showed us. They could have yeah. put like you know. Absolutely. <laughs> I saw a kangaroo, been. but I don't know. It could have just been a dog. But it is weird also to realize that these characters are the same age as like we are now do you guys feel like we could be in this movie i feel like they're old to me even though they're our age i think she's even probably younger than me because there's no, a i looked this up because oh, i was so curious i think she's 35 or 36 in this okay, film. okay and okay. he is maybe 40 okay but they're so formal like everything mm. that they dress is formal they had that dinner party that was like with the appetizers their apartments look so formal to me can you yeah. imagine if I invited you guys over for a party and I had like caviar? I'd be like, you know, you're lucky that you, there's a fucking box of white claws here. You know what <laughs> I mean? I was going like, to say, they <laughs> even, you're telling me how old she is. I felt like she's older than I am now watching that movie. Yeah, because you're, yeah. Twi- yeah, this past week. But just like well, you said, also, how they they're, carry they're themselves. They're so literary. And, and like Greg Kinnear's yeah. character is like, oh, I'm the patriot, blah, blah. Like he's like a mm-hmm. form, like he's a journalist. And like, yes, yeah. everyone is like, in at the highest point of their careers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's happening no at one's 35. doing shots no the 35 year olds i know are like barely have a headboard on their beds this yeah. is not <laughs> yeah no it's true it's 100 uh, percent true 35 great. in the 90s was like 50 in 2020 i feel like because yeah they all like have these gorgeous apartments they all have their careers like I 100% agree with you, Caroline. Like, the, I mean, maybe it's an LA thing, but Tom like, Hanks the, yeah. got a boat. He's got a boat. He's got I mean, a he's boat. A, <laughs> he's a he's a trust fund baby. And he's got a dog. Well, I mean, yeah. I have a dog too. We but have dogs. I, yeah, but mine's like not as clean as his. Yeah, because yeah, I don't barely. have my life together. His is like a purebred. Mine is like a gutter mm-hmm. rat that yeah. I found on the side <laughs> of the street. <laughs> no, I agree with you. They said they seem so put together. I'm so glad you looked that up because I was like these fancy ass like New Yorkers. <laughs> Times have changed, man. Like everybody I know was like waiting for that second stimulus check, you know, because like. <laughs> but have times changed, or is this just movie magic that's telling Could us be that movie this is magic? What... But I mean, let's we maybe we need some New York friends. Maybe they're just more advanced because they got a little more. They're, they have to they're hustle. Burning that midnight oil, yeah. Mm, yeah, but then the <laughs> ending of this film. Do you guys were you happy with it? How do you feel, uh, Caroline? Especially because you loved this movie. Do you think? her reaction to finding out that it was this guy that was gaslighting her for listen, months. Listen, <laughs> no, I was, I loved it. I teared up watching this movie again because I Aww. loved it so much. But then I had that, like, you know, like my heart was tearing up and then my head was like, get it together. He just manipulated her for half this movie, but I couldn't help it. I still love it. I think it's so romantic. I also really love the mother storyline that she's like, feels really connected to her mother the whole time. And, I loved it. And also, it was so beautiful. They were in the park. The flowers were blooming. Brinkley, the dog, he was so happy. This definitely feels like a full movie. It's very, like, I think the time to watch it is now. You know, it's very, like, adorable. 
I agree with you. I also got like a little emotional and then my brain was like, there was one black guy in this movie and he gaslit her and she cheated <laughs> and Rick Kinnear was a fucking snob and I needed more of that guy from the shop. He was the best character ever. But I keep going back to this. They're humans, right? <laughs> They're human beings. This is I like love that you're coming to their defense. Hu- as far I'm just saying, as we like, know. Of all these people, this, is, this stuff happens in life, right? This happens every day. They're not... David, They're real question: yeah. Would you date a woman that did? If I found out, yeah, yeah, if she Tom Hanks me, and it, uh, it was we had that connection over how many countless months of emailing each other, and she was as good looking as Meg Ryan is. Yes, yes, I would. You'd, be, you'd, you'd allow yourself to be passengered? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'd let her passenger the <laughs> shit out of me. I would, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, a little fucked up, which I loved, like, the acting that Meg Ryan had to do. Like, oh, wait, what the fuck are you doing here? And then, like, tears. A lot and of then, face like, acting happy. in that moment. That's it so true. It was a ton, mm-hmm. roller coaster of emotion. So uh, good on her for being able to do that because that is not easy. But, yeah. She does a lot if, of lip acting, too, I, I noticed. This top lip was... Yeah. <laughs> moving around but yeah if i felt that person was genuine and it was coming from a good place like you were just trying to show me who you were even though you passengered me then yeah i think i'd be i'd think i'd be able to forgive that get piece. Past it. Yeah. what about you caroline do you think you could you could get tom hanks and still like be in love and, <laughs> and be like brinkley we're the best friend yeah i mean you know the dog sweeten the, sweetens the pot i might be like okay we can try dating just so i can hang out with this golden also, you're rich as fuck. Um, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Also, can we just like spend all of? Can we go on your boat? Yeah. Can we go on your boat? No, your dad lives there. Okay. Is it? Yeah, unfor- I don't. I don't. Caroline, is it unfor- unforgivable what he did? I think I wouldn't date him. I think I would be like, okay. this was a really creepy way to catch my heart. You stood yeah. me up at that restaurant. You burned me once. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, I think that I would probably bang him just because, like, it was inevitable. <laughs> but I would also be like, eh. you know, how can you build a relationship based on lies? You know, you tricked me for so many times. and It's oh. not the put- putting me out of business. That I can, you know. Ooh, that, was, that wasn't that was it? I feel like that's also shitty as fuck. I'm like, listen, I get it. You have, a, you have your family business. My little mom and pop couldn't make it. I, you know, I'm now a book editor. That's what she becomes at the end. But I think it's like the lying to that you, you sort of like led me on for this long. Well, it's it is the movie and it's very nostalgic and people love it and I'm glad we rewatched it and I think when you suggested it I was like oh yeah like kind of a meh movie and then we watched it and I was like there is a lot to unpack in here. <laughs> so long as you don't passenger anyone, so long as you don't you Tom just Hanks can't anyone, passenger people. You just you know, can't Tom Hanks people. You just I don't think like Tom going. Hanks in is a okay, but apparently you can Tom Hanks David. It sounds like he is. That's down what for I was. It. I was about to say you could Tom Hanks me. <laughs> David if you're is Meg down, Ryan, but you can't but Tom Hanks if, me. You if you're Meg Ryan, you Paris, can you can we Tom Hanks you? We, I don't think so. I think we said no. Okay. I said I would fuck okay. him, but, you but would I wouldn't bang date him. That's right. Okay. So yeah, so she I would, would passenger Tom Hanks. I would I would Jennifer Lawrence him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well. Good movie, guys. It is that time of the podcast where we have to pick someone from the cast or crew to give a little shout out to David William Rogers. I will let you go first today because I am a very generous co-host. You are a generous god. I went with Ellen 
Christensen, and she was from she's a set director that she, mm. uh, and art from the art department. So she worked mm-hmm. on Wolf of Wall Street, Men in Black. This movie, she did some episodes of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a fantastic show. show. Yeah, just reading about some of this, just how good they made that bookstore that somebody asked when it was going to open up. And then um, I think it was like a bakery that Meg's Ryan store was that they went on vacation and then they let yeah they let them transform that into that bookstore. They probably Um, got paid so much money to yeah. That's that's a good way to um to get money is to let people fuck up your shit and film in your own place yeah Yeah. well what was the the name christensen elaine we see you and appreciate you we see you and we appreciate you i think it's been a minute since i did someone from the sound department so i'm gonna shout out kenna doringer she was the assistant adr editor on this and as we know adr slash voiceover was a big part of the movie because they said the emails out loud some of the emails were atrocious in my opinion it was like my dog brinkley blah 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 and i was like oh, i would not fuck this guy but it's fine i probably would uh <laughs> she has also worked on kenner has also worked on everything is illuminated cinderella man the manchurian candidate angels in america frida a beautiful mind mostly in adr assistant editor so that's clearly what she's been up to but I think, you know, sound is not a very sexy part of film and TV, but it's a very important part because as anyone who has ever tried to make a short film or a student film will tell you, if you have bad sound, your project is toast. Like, you know, sound people just do not get enough credit. So for that reason, I choose Kenna Doringer and I want to say, Kenna, we see you and we appreciate you. See you and we appreciate you, Kenna. Shout out to you, Caroline, whom have you selected? Speaking of sound, my dog is panting so loud next to me, so I apologize. I cannot hear it. It's Brinkley. Totally Brinkley. Okay, I'd like to shout out, because I was just looking up the cast and crew, and there's an mm. assistant on here mm. named Kevin Feig, and I was like, that name sounds familiar, and yes. he's now been like, he's a huge producer, producer. and he was yes. an assistant, so follow so your dreams. Is that, the, is that the MCU guy, the Marvel guy? Yes. Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? Wow. I definitely know his name for sure. Yeah. That's incredible. He was just, he, he, he's like he the head of Marvel. One time I shouted out, um, Kevin's, uh, sorry, Kevin Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's assistant on a movie that we did. And she went on to be like a producing partner of his and stuff like, yeah, an assistant job is not a bullshit job. But like you were saying, you know, you are currently working as an assistant, but you are working towards blah, blah, blah. Being an assistant in this industry is like basically getting close up training for the job that hopefully that you want to do or making the connections, getting paid to learn film and TV. So totally. Let's shout out Kevin. Kevin, we see you and we appreciate you. And thanks for inspiring us. And also hire us. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to be a superhero in a Marvel movie, please. (laughs) Yeah. Kevin, you're great. Um, But Caroline, how can people connect with you if they want to find... Well, obviously, they should watch The Great North on... They should watch The Great it's North. It's on Hulu. On, it's on... Yeah, it's on Fox, and it's on Hulu the next day. Mm-hmm. Our second season is premiering right now, mm-hmm. and we are working on the third season. Yeah. And you can find me on Instagram, at Caroline Levitch, Twitter, at Caroline underscore Levitch. We'll include your handles. Don't worry. We always do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stalk you and find you and then i guess you kind of gave a little bit of advice at the top of the show but just for those who might skim through or you know be doing 50 million things while they're listening to stuff 
uh, for someone who wants to get into TV writing, do you have like a couple pieces of advice or like, can you share anything that might be helpful to them? I (laughs) I think that my piece of advice would be, I think everyone always talks about networking and I always thought that that was a really scary word because it seems really disingenuous that you're just trying to use people to climb up the ladder. But I think if you see it as you just get to hang out with people who like the same things that you do. They probably watch too much TV and movies the exact same way as you do. Um, it's a lot more fun to come up in this business surrounded by friends who are doing the same thing as you. So definitely reach up, but also just reach around. Get to know the people who are in your same class of the industry. Reach around indeed. <laughs> reach around. <laughs> you know, have a good time. Oh, I'm filthy. Uh... I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it is good That's advice. Right. You're right. Like that network, is really good advice. network laterally as well as you know vertically, because the people that you're in class with might end up on a show like with you with uh, with this amazing writer yeah. who. I but the main follow. part I think, Caroline, that you speak to is the genuine part, right? Yeah. That you said like network, but do it genuinely. So if you're aiming to be around people that you guys have that are like-minded. Um, that's coming from a good spot not just like right. oh how can, how can you help me out it's like how no, can let's, how can we let's kick yes. it yeah no support your friends and like actually genuinely care about people because mm-hmm. there are i'm sure you've been in this situation too caroline you go to like these networking events and there's that one guy who's like handing out business cards and it's a machine gun situation i always go to those events and i just literally try to find like one or two people that i actually vibe with and that i actually you know can become friends with and yeah, you, you're never going to make it alone in this town at yes. all. I think if you uh, network with just the intention of finding people who can pull you up and help you out, you're going to have a tough time. But if you network in just the hopes of finding people to navigate this jungle together, it's a lot uh, more genuine. And then you make real friends and then you actually want to help each other because you want to see your friends succeed. Totally. Well said. Well said indeed. Well, guys. Now we must decide if this film has aged like milk or not. I can see Caroline's face. David, I'm going to let you go first so she can formulate her her thoughts because this okay. is her film. She loves it. David, what do you think about this New York-based milk? Okay, maybe you caught me at some sort of you know week in my life where <laughs> I watched this movie and I wasn't going to say it, but I was tearing up a little bit. Because I was so happy. This movie made me so wow. happy, right? I'm so, glad you were honest about that because you are a sensitive soul, Mr. Oh, David. I'm sensitive son of a bitch. Um, but I just can't say this movie aged like milk because of that, right? How this movie made me feel while I watched it both times. So I'm going to say this movie didn't age like milk. Yeah, she got Tom Hanked. But, you know, <laughs> is that such a bad thing if it's coming from a good place? I don't know. The jury's still out, I guess, for me. But as far as the movie goes, I thought this movie was amazing, fantastic. The acting was great. It just it was a sweet movie and it made me feel good. So for me, if I'm taking a chug of that milk and it makes me warm inside, that's that's a milk. Maybe it's drink. the parasite. Maybe yeah. It's delicious. yeah, maybe it is. You might be on but the I, toilet hey. the rest of the day, but hey, it's worth it. I'll get right. some jello in the hospital. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't think Car- this movie, Yeah. He's a no. Hey, Caroline, no. what did you think? I I have to agree. I don't think it aged like milk. It gave me all the warm and fuzzies. I think it's such a... 
I just, I love this movie. It actually really inspired me. I want more movies like this. I want more rom-coms. I want to write rom-coms like this. So Nora did a great job. Hats off to Nora. I love Nora. I love Nora and yet... Here I go. Uh-oh. <laughs> I am going to go against you guys, and I do think this movie Age Like Milk. I think it's the epitome of Age Like Milk. I went in being like, Caroline's crazy. This movie is going to be so good to watch. There's going to be no problems. And my eyes were like this the entire time, <laughs> wide open, just like eyebrows in my hairline. Like, holy shit, how did I not realize what the fuck was going on when I saw it? Um, I read a really funny article on LitHub, this woman, Emily Temple, wrote it, and she wrote it, like, last year. She was like, you know, I just re-watched You've Got Mail for the first time. And she was kind of tearing it apart a little bit. And the comments section, people were like, I'm not going to buy her fucking book. Like, fuck this woman. Like, <laughs> Oh, you my know, gosh. They were so mad at her for having an yeah. opinion that, like, you know, that this movie. But she raised some good points. Okay, she was a little sassy. I mean, it's clickbait, right? She's writing it online. Yeah. But I really kind of found myself agreeing with her on a lot of times yes the tom hankingness the emotional cheating the whitewashing i mean don't get me wrong i love 90s new york i love it but i i don't think i could get past uh the way the dad talked about the women the way they talked about uh readers they i forget what they called them but they were so disparaging of like their client their customers it was just it was a lot so i'm unfortunately gonna say that it aged like <laughs> as much as i didn't want it to it's like i got my starbucks i got yeah. my starbucks and i thought it was cool <laughs> and i drank it happily and then i shit myself <laughs> i think like the three of us would do this in 10 years and caroline and i'll be like it was a different time yeah yeah, yeah. right <laughs> like when people justify what, things from the past that's oh, what people yeah, said in the comments time. that's what people yeah. were saying and i'm like yeah but that's the thing like we are in 2021 right like yeah. we are viewing this as like people who are you know savvy with the internet and stuff and that's the thing with movies no i don't believe that nora went out or tom or meg went out to make a movie that was cringy or like oh he was manipulating her like at the time this seemed totally cool and in 2021 i was like nah girl <laughs> well i don't think anyone should make th this exact movie again <laughs> but <laughs> I already decided. Like it. You've got snaps coming to a theater near you, 2022. You've got yeah. snaps. You've got snaps. You've got dick pics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but no, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a great chat. We had so much fun. Mm -hmm. Thank cannot you for wait. having me. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what happens next. Loving um, the Great North. Love following your journey and being your friend. And uh, yeah, guys. Keep an eye on Caroline because she could be the next Kevin Feige. Just saying. David, you should check your fridge. Make sure that milk ain't spoiled. Because gross milk is gross. Thank you for coming on, David. I love you. And love you too. Thank, thank you, Caroline. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Stand by now for a little bonus chat with David in Paris to celebrate the 50th episode of Aged Like Milk. Action! David, I cannot believe that we've done 50 episodes. Yeah, congratulations. This, congratulations. This yeah. is our pandemic baby. It's like people were having babies in the pandemic. This is ours. It's like out in the world now. It's it's talking. It's 
see we, people without masks. We raw dogged these microphones. <laughs> <laughs> we slipped Gross. one past the goalie. <laughs> by the podcast goalie. Yeah. David, qu- quick question for you. Yeah. Now that we have 50 episodes under our belt, what is, it's a hard question, but it what is, is your all time favorite episode that we have done? Okay. So oof, this is hard. There's like a close second, which I think would be, um, not the blue man group, but avatar, um, <laughs> which is one of my you favorites. Mean really. Dancing with wolves. Exactly. <laughs> Part do. But, um, my favorite has got to be Tropic Thunder, okay. which we did with our, our partners, our significant, significant others, others after mm-hmm. a few cocktails. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it was one of my favorite movies and I got to experience a podcast sitting across the table from you and your partner and, me and mm-hmm. my partner on my side mm-hmm. and it was it was mm-hmm. funny because there was a lot of different hot takes and it was some uh, hot takes a lot of laughs i think i edited that episode i think in the beginning i was doing a lot more of the editing because you were busy and i was mm-hmm. unemployed which was super fun not at the time <laughs> and i remember having to edit out like 10 or 15 minutes of just you and scott screaming like lines from the movie at each other you would both just go on a tangent <laughs> of like recounting bits of the movie and libby and i would be staring at each other across the table like do we should we leave like yeah. these two are just having a great time no that was a great yeah, episode you quote that whole movie but yeah what yeah. about you i mean pretty much for a very similar reason i have to say that interstellar is one of my favorites um because we had corbin on the podcast and we're super close with him he's your roommate i love him he's so funny and again like for me the best podcasts are the ones where we go in like we've maybe had a few drinks we have a lot of laughs um yeah it's great i would say for me, a close second was the Baytown Outlaws with Barry. Yeah, Barry's um, who's, awesome. Who's a friend. And uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out that episode, you should totally check it out because it was so interesting to get his take, you know, like being the director on a film with a lot of big like stars. I spoke to Barry recently. I caught up with him. He is still in Alabama, um, but he's got a lot of projects coming out. So I fully expect us to be inviting him and his writing partner back on the podcast sometime soon because they have some yeah yeah, they have some exciting projects happening but also david because it's our 50th episode i wanted to ask you like what's one thing you've learned through the podcasting journey i would say the biggest thing for me is just to keep going with this open mindset and letting people teach me things and show me things we've had so many interesting guests and so many interesting perspectives and I think that's a big part of our podcast is just letting people in and saying like what how do you feel about this how do you feel about that tell us a little bit about your job in the industry or whatever you do and just sitting back and letting them discuss how they feel and how they took a certain movie in and their mindset because there's a lot of times you can watch a movie and then see it 15 years later with a whole different you know set of eyes Mm because you've learned so much or you grew and it's a totally different movie so being able to sit across the table with you and having these all these interesting guests that do different Mm -hmm. sides of movie Mm -hmm. production or Mm -hmm. you know any walk of life it's it's a big thing for me in my development especially as an actor because a Mm -hmm. lot of these things I take with me and then put in my process totally I think for me well I think for me like you know podcasting is kind of a new form of entertainment and I feel like I've learned so much about like actually creating a podcast. You know, you both, you and I both learned how to edit on our own. You know, some people are like, Oh, I want to start a podcast. I don't really know how. And I'm like, literally YouTube. Right. So for me, it's like learning new skills and even just the way that you yeah ask questions, the way you talk to people about movies, like that's always something that you're 
developing, right? And I think both of us have come a long way. It's funny to go back and listen to some of our earlier podcasts and, you know, see that we were like maybe figuring it out (laughs) on the fly. We're so grateful to everybody that stuck with us. And, you know, we see a lot of the same faces popping up because the places where we post our podcasts, like we get some analytics. So, you know, like we always shout out people in certain countries that are super random, but are listening to us, you know, week in, week out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been great. And I agree with you, like learning a new perspective, learning ways to talk about films is so interesting. And you know, behind the scenes, like David and I do edit these podcasts pretty, pretty heavily. I feel like we have different levels of editing. Like I'll go through and be really annoying about ums and ahs. And like, sometimes there's like whole tangents that I love to leave in, or maybe it goes like really, really long, but sometimes you and I do have like really different opinions coming to the table or Mm -hmm. we talk about stuff that's difficult. One that comes to mind is the kill bill episode where we actually had to pause because I was feeling a little bit triggered, you know, about some of the stuff, some of the violence towards women. And like, I think even though I kind of went in and I was a little tense about the episode, it's, it's a great episode because you and I were able to really just talk it out. And at the end of the day, movies are something that everybody can appreciate, right? Like we did a, just recently did a Spanish language movie with Lucy Luna with uh, Guillermo del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. And it just goes to show you that storytelling, like, really transcends language and it every single person has most likely seen a movie or like you know consumed a story i think it's something that's really interesting that brings us together so yeah yeah. just the different you know advantages of storytelling like think uh think of how it started people Mm -hmm. in different countries and different tribes different regions yeah and Mm -hmm. they were just it was all verbal and their history was verbal and the storytelling and passing that information down to the next generation and then it was written and then, you know, they put it up on stage and they could act it out, plays. And then they mm. started putting it on film and like, look how far we've come from that. Yeah. And now we're coming yeah. back to like a, you know, this podcast medium, which is getting more and more traction. You know, you got uh, you got a couple of stories that you've recorded just um, verbally and you can mm-hmm. listen to these audio books. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool where we're going with this, um, this storytelling thing. And um, I'm happy to be a part of it with you. Me too. And to your point as well, like talking about movies and seeing how they've aged over time, like the way we tell stories, like what's acceptable, like we are literally a part of an evolving media. And it's fascinating to even look back at films from a few years ago, then look at films from like our, you know, adolescence, and then go even further back to movies that were made before we were alive and how representation has changed and the way we talk about certain subjects. Like I think you know, it's a living vault essentially of the human collective. And I'm excited to keep seeing it change and for people to keep questioning and not criticizing, but critiquing and saying like, do better. One episode that comes to mind is The Witches. You know, we recorded that looking at the old version and then at the new version. And right after we actually released our episode, an article came out, uh, you know, people basically saying, that the way that they portrayed people with limb differences was kind of offensive and Anne Hathaway came out in the media and apologized for that and really like you know it's it's interesting to see the way that we have to like take care of each other's feelings and then also like where is the line of like representation and art something you and I have talked about a lot like offline so I'm also very glad to do this podcast with you and with with that point in particular that didn't even occur to us until it was mentioned in in the media right so when we talk about these things and we have these different guests on, 
I could say like, yeah, this stuck out to me. And you say, oh, well, this stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't, when our experience going through that movie never even popped in our head. So right. that's why I think it's good to, to have these discussions and Most know, definitely. Bring, and keep bringing these people into our world. Keep yeah. bringing these people into our world. And like at the end of the day, it comes back to, we got a guy from Wisconsin who is biracial, who grew up in America and a girl who is an Australian immigrant to America who grew up in Hong Kong. And, you know, we've both, we, it's interesting how your background and like what you've lived and your experiences can color the way that you look at, at these stories. And I think that's super interesting. So on this 50th episode, I just want to quickly say that I'm so grateful to all the guests that have joined us. You know, it's a time that they give us for free just to talk about something that they love. And I'm super grateful to you, David. You have constantly taught me. You constantly push me to be better. You keep me showing up and I absolutely adore you. And I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Same. Love you, girl. See you in the next 50. <laughs> See you in the next 50.